Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Pastor Larry Davis. All right, friends, so how many of you ever went to church or even came to Northgate for the first time years ago or even just recently because specifically a friend asked you to or invited you? All right, sweet. That's awesome. So uh, if you uh, didn't see that, uh, I, want, I hope that you noticed all those hands up. That is exactly what this invitational life is about because most of you, I'm going to go out on a limb and say just about all of you or we'll just go all of you, uh, wouldn't take back what they did for anything. That, that actually made an impact and literally changed your life. If it hasn't yet, it's going to change your life. I'll, I'm just going to go out on that limb and I will hang from that tree for reals. Um, so um, the really cool thing about this next conversation that we're going to have with this invitational life, and we have balloons out there because they're special, uh, is our community groups. And with our community groups, what we're going to go through is this book called This Invitational Life. And so many people are like, hey, we just want tools. We need to dig in deeper. We need to understand what the word says, how to share it, really fulfill the Great Commission. That's exactly what we're diving into. So if you want to get into the wholehearted part of who we are and what we're called to be as we seek and we follow, and then we live out the Great Commission, I'm going to ask you to go out there, check that out. Get into a small group. If you don't have time, if you don't think you do, Get a couple books and make one like at your work and stuff and say, hey, can we just walk through this conversation? I'm learning this, learn together and be challenged. Um, and one thing I want to tell you about these books is you can go on if you're a Kindle reader, that's, that's great. It's like $9.99 on Kindle. It's like 11 bucks on Amazon. Because we think it's that important and because we want to learn this as a faith community, we have them for $5. So just because we're going to take it, we think that it's worth that investment. So there's my gigantic commercial because I'm pumped about it myself. My community group's going to be going through that, and we're going to learn together. So we are finishing uh, this conversation that we started four weeks ago called Chasing Daylight, um, and thank you. Um, I'm glad that I didn't scare you away last week. If you were here last week, I took you, I dug a hole, and I pushed you in it. <laughs> Made you live in some dark places with me, and uh, we survived, and through this series, we've seen some really fundamental things about who God is and what Jesus taught us from the New Testament. And uh, the first week, we really talked about how God is not absent, he's not apathetic, and he's not angry. And we retold this lie that we can tell ourselves in the midst of these chasing daylight moments of, I'll never be happy again. Nothing good can come from this, and there's no uh, purpose or reason for continuing on and continue to fight that fight or that struggle and what we really discovered is through Jesus that we can be happy again. Something good can come from this, and there is a purpose to my pain. And then we heard from a guy named Chris, a friend of mine. He came up here, and uh, as I said last week, and he even said himself, he literally is the billboard for brokenness, and uh, stood up here and shared an a, a extremely powerful testimony and what that looks like even from Daniel 3 and the fiery furnace of when you're furnace has been turned up seven times hotter, that God is with you in the fire, that maybe he hasn't delivered you um, from it, but he's going to deliver you through it and walk with you uh, in the midst of that. And last week, we dove into the subject that all of us really deal with at the heart of these, and really at the heart of these chasing daylight moments for us, because we all are going to experience this, but it's that we have been comforted so that we can comfort others. Or... You will be comforted by someone else who has been comforted by God, and God will comfort you 
through them. So if you missed any of these weeks, I encourage you to check them out. They're all online. Um, you can listen to it. You can watch it. You can do that on your app. You can go back. You can share that with friends that you think are in these seasons. If you're just looking for some tools, that's really what we've been going through and some fundamentals that we can hang on to about who God is. And this week, uh, I want to finish this off and encourage us all and encourage myself as I too have been going through all these different Chasing Daylight moments um, with a, uh, a guy from the New Testament. His name is James. And James is uh, an interesting guy because m- many of you may already know this, but he was the brother of Jesus. That's awesome. So if you didn't know that, James was, Jesus had a brother and his name was James. And uh, we don't really hear about James at all when uh, Jesus is alive. It's not until after Jesus has been resurrected uh, and, and uh, then ascended on to heaven that we really hear about and we see the huge part that James plays in the life of Christianity and following who Jesus and God is and wants us to be. And uh, here's the crazy thing about this. As he wrote this book, here's the craziest thing. <laughs> what would it take for your brother to convince you that he is God. Some of you are saying like, never, right? So here, this is so fascinating. Here's the big deal. James, if James is saying, my brother Jesus is the son of God, there's something serious behind that. I mean, that's going to take a lot. We don't see that. I don't think he believed it because of miracles. I don't think he believed him uh, because of what he said. He believed him after he raised from the dead. Game changer. And suddenly, all of a sudden, he comes into the picture and says, real deal, brother just convinced me. (laughs) I didn't think it could happen, and I'm all in. And he has some powerful words to say. And so we are in James uh, chapter 1. And just before this, if you read verse 1, he's just reiterating what I just said. Jesus is the Lord, my Savior, resurrected. He's the man. I'm his brother. We're doing this together. So he starts off right right at the bat and he says, consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Right off the bat, we're like, this guy is an idiot. (laughs) Whoever considers it pure joy. A lot of you say, this is why I don't do church stuff. You just aren't in real life. You're just like magic, hocus pocus. (laughs) Who considers it pure joy when we face trials of many different kinds? And this is right off the bat, so great, what James is saying to us. This word face right here also in the Greek text uh, means and stands for uh, something like that um, surprises you, the challenges that you weren't expecting when you get that call from your sister or you walk into work and it's not what you expected or the doctor calls you. He's saying, maybe, just maybe, can you do this? Try to think about things a little bit differently right off the bat. Can, can you just try to consider this pure joy? Because something is going to come from this, and this is where James is walking to. So he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that, or knowing that, the testing of your faith. This is right here. I love that he says this, because this puts an asterisk or it underlines exactly what we've all thought. That testing, that the testing of our faith tests who we are. It literally tests us. That trials test us. It even tests what we think about who God is. It tests what we think about who, are, who we are. It tests what we think about the situations. When we hear th- people say things that take our leg, legs right out from us, it literally is testing us in our faith and what we believe 
and why we believe it. And so then he, uh, continue, he continues, essentially, this is what this is saying is, trials test our confidence in God. This is true for all of us. We know this. It's just, this is something that we understand over time, that literally trials test our confidence in who God is as we understand this faith. As he continues in James 2 and 3, he says, You know that the testing or knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. This is such a big deal. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. See, the faith that impresses God, you know, have you ever had those experiences like where you're like, oh, what's like the, the, the faith that like impresses God or how do you honor God? And it's the faith that produces perseverance. It's not the faith that gets a yes for everything. You know, if you've ever talked to someone and it's just they get a yes all the time. There's nothing impressive about that. Yeah, that's magic. It's hocus pocus. It's prosperity preaching. It's just not reality. Like you've not met it in reality of someone that just always is like, I prayed for this and it happened. This is what happened and this happened. You know, that's the secret. That's why they called it a secret because it's not true. It's just, <laughs> it's not a secret. It's just what it is. That's, that's not the truth. But the truth is what impresses God and what, what's honoring to God is the faith, is the faith that gets a no or no answer from God and perseveres anyways, and perseveres anyways. And it's the person who believes in the midst of these chasing daylight moments in their life and the things that come up to them that believes God anyways, that trusts him anyways, because they know, they know that that testing is going to produce something. And it's going to produce perseverance. Then what we see is we see James get to his first imperative, his first main point of this. And uh, that is that in James 1, 4, we're going to get there. He says, so, this is so, this is so good. This is so powerful. This is where we're going to sit. So let perseverance finish its work. Let perseverance finish its work. It's doing something. It's producing something in us. When we're in these temptation day-like moments. And many of us, we don't understand that in the midst of those moments, God is at work in you. He's at work in me. And what a lot of us do is we will hit then, as soon as something difficult comes up, we'll hit the eject button. Because we don't want perseverance to finish its work. We'll hit the eject button. We'll hit the divorce button. We'll hit the bankruptcy button. We'll hit the cheat button. We'll hit the lie button. We'll hit the drug button. We'll hit the run button. You can hit all kinds of buttons. I can hit all kinds of buttons to relieve my pain. We heard Chris talk about this a couple weeks, about how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had an opportunity to bow down to some other kind of idol, to run to that and not stand and sit still in the midst of this moment, to let perseverance finish its work. But James is saying, wait, 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 time out, time out, time out. God is at work in this situation. Can you just consider this? Can you just... Hang on to this. James says, wait, God's up to something. God is in the process of building a kind of faith that is going to awe others. I hope you can believe this. You need to believe this, that maybe the greatest tension in your life, maybe the thing that is the most difficult in your life, maybe that thing that's happening with your family or your friends or that you're watching happen to your children or your work, Maybe your greatest tension in your life right now can be, it can be, your chasing daylight moment right now or in the future can be 
the focal point of God's activity in your life if you choose it to be and if you choose to trust. It can be the focal point of God's activity in your life right now if you choose to trust. Your greatest tension right now, if you choose to trust, can be God's activity. Let me explain what I'm saying. That, that thing that's in your life that's happening, that you wouldn't wish on anybody, you would, you would wish it to go away, you know that you can't go back and somehow that undo that, that that thing that can be at the focal point in your life, the epicenter of God's activity in your life, if you allow it to be, by allowing perseverance to finish its work. You, uh, you, you've heard these stories before. I love everyone here. I love going to church. I love hearing these stories. But I hear these stories. This is a common story here, especially maybe in baptism stories. But so many people that have come back into church or stand up and talk about their story and their life and kind of the scope and sequence of it. So many of them that come back into church come in and say that at some point in their life, they hit a bump. Something happened. They bounced around, they hit a bump, or someone you know hit a bump in their life, and they hit the eject button. They abandoned faith, they abandoned God, they abandoned the Bible, they abandoned church, they abandoned everything. And instead of enduring, instead of trusting, they hit the eject button. And let's be honest, it didn't make your life any better. That's just the truth of it. I hear stories after stories. I I have yet actually to hear a story that went something like this. You know, like when something really rough happened in my life and this happened with the church or this happened in my life and I was like, God, if that's who you are, then I'm out. And I left when that happened and I left and I, I'm going to tell you what happened. I made better decisions. I became a better person. I became more compassionate. I became more generous. I was healthier. My relationships were better. I'm just a better person as soon as I got God out of my life. I've yet to hear that story. Now, I can't say that, you know, like, it's not ever going to happen now because I'm sure someone's going to walk up to me uh, and tell me that they have a friend that has said those exact same words. To I've just never heard of it. But generally, generally, what we hear is something is that something bad happened, that something went awry, that there was a chasing daylight moment, and they said this. They said, forget it. I'm out. And they abandoned those things. And then they, they come back and say, you know what? I know what happened. I know what happened, and I know I left, and I know I shouldn't have left, and I just wish, I wish someone would have told me because it just got more complicated. It just got more complicated. And James would say, look, when these things happen, when we're in a chasing daylight moment, I'm not judging you. Just don't do that anymore. Don't hit the eject button, which is what we want you. Don't run to something else. Don't run to this. Let perseverance finish it's work, because at the end, it's going to bring you to a better place. And he continues to say, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So you say, okay, well, how do I become a mature Christian? Letting perseverance, I want to know how to become mature. Um, and the answer is, um, let perseverance finish its work. And we would say, you got anything else? that sounds horrible. Like, I want it to go away. I want to move past this. So what if I, Larry, what if I memorize, like all the scripture, what if I memorize everything? Well, it won't make you mature. It'll make you smart. Well, okay. Okay, then. 
What if I obey every rule, every commandment, every law that's ever been given? What if I obey all those things? Well, that'll make you obedient, but that won't make you mature. Friends, when we're in a chasing daylight moment, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This word finish in this, um, in this main point right here that James is trying to give us actually stands for complete, like finishing, completing something, right? Let perseverance, essentially what we're saying right here is let perseverance complete its work so that you will be complete. Hang on to that. Let perseverance complete its work so that you will be complete. There's something about perseverance, friends, that makes us stronger. There's something about perseverance that makes us deeper. There's something that, about perseverance that makes our story more attractive. Let perseverance finish its work. This is this whole idea of chasing daylight as we picture it is literally running like the sunset. You've seen that, the sunset in this little bumper video that we have. That we just are running trying to get to it. Like, can we just get there? And really what we're learning in this, when we allow perseverance to finish its work, is that we just need to sit there. Let that time continue to go because God is at work in you. And somehow, somehow, through the encouragement of other people, through the encouragement of God himself and his words to us, Remember that there is a work, a good work that's happening. And maybe this could be pure joy. I didn't say it. James said it. But maybe this could be pure joy in this moment. That we may be mature, complete, and not lacking anything. See, spiritual maturity is measured in terms of persevering faith, not perfect behavior. And we go, oh man, I've, I met this person. They're like a really, really mature Christian. Well, I'm going to tell you, this maturity is measured in terms of persevering faith, not perfect behavior. You ever met them? You ever met them? They're like, wow, look at them. They are like perfect. And you're like, wow, have you ever? And they're like, no, never, always, never, always. And you're like, whoa. You like want to put them in a zoo and you want to bring people over and you're like, look at them. They haven't done anything. They're so perfect. Right? Uninspiring. It's just really, it's intimidating is what it is for a lot of us. And it's not a bad thing because they've, they've been fantastic. They've worked at stuff. But maturity happens. And it's happened with me too. I've shared some of it. Happens when there is persevering faith, not perfect behavior. And I'll tell you that example right now. Have you met that person that doesn't look like you think they're supposed to look like as a mature Christian? That maybe doesn't talk like they do. But they have, and they have shared a story where there has been persevering Faith, maybe someone who looks just normal and you're like, wow, you are, I can sense God in you so strongly because your faith is so strong in God and who he is in situations that you hear that should cut your legs right out from your knees, but you are strong and you are solid. And then suddenly you hear that they survived cancer or they survived losing someone that was close to them and their family or something in their world completely changed and they hung through that. They let perseverance, they believed, they trusted, they endured anyways because they had persevering faith and you are so attracted to them the people that you walk and they literally have gone down and marched down or rolled down into the shadow of death and then camped there for a while and then came out of it because they had persevering faith not perfect behavior 
That's what makes people go, whoa, I need that. That's when people say, I need to be comforted by you. That's when people say, I can understand and I can believe in a God who is not absent from me. That is empathetic and knows who I am and gave himself up for me. And even James himself will say, friends, don't do it. Hold on. Don't hit the eject button. When you're in a chasing daylight moment, let perseverance finish its work. And we're going to take communion in just a moment. Pastor Ken's going to share with us. But that's exactly what that is. Jesus, let perseverance finish its work for us, for the sake of us. Would you bow your heads? God, I want to thank you for just uh, these last four weeks and this opportunity that we got to share with one another just our trials and our tribulations and be raw and open and real, but more importantly, Father, to be in community. And God, I thank you that you have created community for us because you know that we need it. So God, may we surround ourselves as we move into the future and allow perseverance to finish its work, becoming mature and complete, but yet with others in a tribe. God, if there's, um, if there's someone in here today and uh, if you're here today and you don't know really who Jesus is. You don't have that relationship with him. You have not allowed perseverance to finish its work when it comes to your eternity through Jesus. You have an opportunity to receive that gift that has already been done for you. Just as James, the brother of Jesus, said himself, because of the resurrection, I believe. And I'm in. If you're here today and you need to receive that gift of eternity to make dead things alive again, to know that you are going to be able to persevere in life and become mature and complete, you can have that. If you'd like that today for the first time, you want to make that faith decision that, uh, to give Jesus your life. Well, if everyone's heads bowed right now, I'm going to ask that you would just be bold and courageous. You would raise your hand. You would look up. Allow me to see you and acknowledge you. I got you right here, yeah. And just pray over you in just a moment. Yeah, both of you, yeah, and you, yeah. And back there. Yeah, way back there, right there. I got you. Yeah. God, thank you that you allow perseverance to finish its work. May I just celebrate with those here today that made a decision God, would you release them for maybe the tension that they're even feeling right now in this space. May we celebrate with them as a community. May we link arms and continue to fill your great commission because you allowed perseverance to finish its work. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.